Hey, this is Stephen Reed. You're listening to Corellian Run Radio. Begin transmission. You are listening to Corellian Run Radio, your route through hyperspace to the latest news on Star Wars The Old Republic. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Corellian Run Radio. This is episode number 35, and we are recording Sunday, October the 23rd. And we have a very special guest with us tonight. Not only do we have our usual co-host, Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Hey there. And Roxanne. Hey, guys. We also have Vertec who is one of the admins with Tor Syndicate. He is also a senator with the Guild Umbra over there with our friend Mark. And I wanted to welcome you and say hello. Glad you could join us. Well, hello, hello. Happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about you. Oh, my. A little bit about me. Um, been gaming for just about ever. About the <laughs> about the time I discovered computers, I started gaming around. And, uh, oh, geez, I can even trace that back to, like, Atari. So, um <laughs> All about the uh, all about the history of that. Um, <laughs> so I put you on the spot. So, so how long yeah. have you been following tour? Um, following tour, that's actually not too long. I'm a new guy with that. Uh, I actually had a buddy of mine, Jay Frank, who joined up with uh, Dahaka over there at Nothing Gaming. Um, he tried to introduce me to it about a year and a half ago or a year ago, but I kind of said, "Well, I tell you what, there's no release date. There's no anything for it. It's." Not even in beta. It's I'm I'm gonna not jump into that because it'll tear me away from. Uh, at the time, I was actually doing some some progressive rating with uh, World of Warcraft. Oh, wow. Aren't you glad that you just came in? At, you know when you did, as opposed to like being frustrated or you know like really just following every little detail for so long. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, it did pretty much kill me because I see. I mean, a bunch of you guys have been around for like years and tracing this game for that long, and that would just I don't know. It'd make me just twitch around with anticipation, and um, I know. I, have, <laughs> I think <laughs> I we do a little feel bit frustrated like that. at some point. Yeah, I think we all do feel like that, that have been following it for any length of time at all. Kathy, how was your week? It was good. You know, I got back from New York, from New York Comic Con. That was really fun. I got a little rest in. And, uh, yeah, so just just kind of taking care of that kind of stuff, putting things up on the site and and uh, uh, just waiting to the next big thing, whatever that is. <laughs> exactly. What about you, Roxanne? Um, It was good. I got... um. We had the validation for one of the simulators that I'm working on, which is where we sent it off to a group of, like, 20 soldiers to see if it would, like, I don't know, pass through testing. It's, like, a really rigorous Q&A type thing where they decide if they're super mad at you or not. So that went well, and now we're kind of in the home stretch to delivering it for real and, and being done forever. So, yay. That's so so that not, sounds exciting. They're not mad at you. No, no. I think everything went basically well, and all the problems that we have, we can fix. So everything's Hooray. good forever. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. How about you, Carla? Well, I can't say that I've done too much of anything. I've worked on our we our website a little bit, and I've been trying to experiment with different themes, trying to to take a look and see what we can do about giving us a little facelift. So that's about it. Um, okay, well, let's just go right into our host challenge. Fact. You know it to be true. Or fiction. That's impossible! 
Okay, I'm going to read three bits of information or three leads about the game. Two of them will be made up or not yet confirmed. Only one will be a fact confirmed by BioWare. Your job is to pick out which one is true. You guys ready? I feel really Never. unprepared. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll get this one really, really well. So okay. anyway, lead number one. Light and dark choices will now alter the appearance of your character. Lead number two. Sith pureblood is now a confirmed species for the Sith Inquisitor class. Lead number three. There is now an exciting dungeon finder in the game. So after hearing all three leads, which one do you think is the confirmed fact? I do have this one. Do you I guys do have this know? one too. This is the first time I've ever been 100% sure with a fact or fiction. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what that means. Do you know, Damon? <laughs> well, yeah. One, one of those is a definite fact. The other one is a 50-50. Like, it's, it's half fact. And the other one is just wrong. <laughs> just wrong. <laughs> all right. Very so, good. I guess we... I guess we pick the uh, number two, the Sith Inquisitor, or the Sith Pureblood Inquisitor. That is correct. That all right, is a all right. new species for the Sith Inquisitor. They were really talking about not doing that at all because of the whole slave storyline or whatever. So I'm really mm -hmm. glad they got that in there. I know. It's funny. You know, I can't, when they announced it, I'm like, oh, is that not one of the confirmed class? <laughs> you know, because Sort of like when these come, I sort of filed away and I forget. And it's been so long since we've heard we've heard anything new. I can't even remember what all the different combinations are now. And is there a way to look that up on the site? You know, like the I was site? Actually, I was just looking for that last night to be to be honest. I don't think they put it up yet. Yeah, I, I mean, not actually, I found a, a post, and it and it doesn't happen to be on the Holonet. It actually mm -hmm. has to be a, a sticky or a you know a, a post in their forums that this one person has taken all of the information and every time something new comes out he adds it to it so that is the most complete informational post i've ever seen i'll have we'll have to link it i'll send it to you to link into the show notes but it does tell you which classes have what combinations that have been released so far Right, right. Yeah, it's just when you want to look anything up like that on the official site, it's really tough to figure. It is. Things. It's kind of the <laughs> yeah, way they've got the the game system thing going on and the holonet and the species and yeah, it's kind of confusing. I think. Yeah, I oh, think well. um, I was gonna say the the Q and A didn't um, uh, Daniel Erickson ended up saying that the list is complete and ready to go up whenever they're ready to actually post it now. He did. I think he said, and whenever Steven Reed says it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember. And then, then and then there was like this pause, like we all thought he was going to announce it. And he just says, well, I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there was a very audible dot, dot, dot right there. Yes. Oh, <laughs> bummer. Oh, well. All righty. Well, let's get to the latest news and tour. From the Newsnet. And we are. OK, 
Okay, we're just going to blow through some of the things that ended up being on the Friday updates these last couple weeks. Uh, the first thing on my list is October 14th was the Signs of War trailer, um, which we all got to see for the first time at New York Comic Con. I think Stephen Reed even said they made it just for us. So that was very cool. Essentially, it looked like it was a tease for Ilum, uh, and then they wouldn't talk about it anymore. So we'll still have to wait for more information. Um, one thing I thought was really cool, I think that's the first time we've seen like Satil Sean and Trooper Guy and maybe even Darth Malgus, like in with the in-game graphics. In the game engine, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, not like the blur trailers and things like that. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, okay. I thought so too. Well, and also in that Friday update is the new game systems page that showed operations and what I thought was really cool was that little sneaky thing at the very bottom of the operations page that shows you like you're looking through a window or blinds and you right. see this hut and it has been, you know, kind of indicated that that's going to be one of the new operations. Yeah, that was the tease for the new operation for which we have no name or any other information, but it was cool to see. Exactly. Yeah. I'm really excited to see that because that's going to, that's going to affect a whole lot of lore in game from like the beginning level all the way up, depending on how that, that operation turns out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, very cool. Um, all right, and then October 21st, there was the Eurogamer Expo highlights video, which was, you know, essentially one of their little videos that just shows how fun it was to be there and you wish you were there but you weren't so you maybe are not even that interested in seeing these <laughs> but it was nice to see Dover. I think Dover was in that video. So I, I want to give him a little shout out. He was. That guy. He was. Yeah. I was surprised to see him over there. Yeah, yeah, I think he, well, yes, I know, because he doesn't come to the ones that we go to, even though we're always like, are you going? He's like, no. <laughs> but, oh, well, fine, go to go to Eurogamer. <laughs> Don't go where we're going. <laughs> no kidding. All right, well, then the next part of the Friday update is was the Collector's Edition breakdown, where it showed you a look inside the Collector's Edition. And I really kind of liked the way they did that animated um, video on what was in the collector's edition and i believe that we've got a few more details of what some of this stuff is going to look like and um it talked about the store of what the store was going to hold for us i know that we've known that it's not going to be game-changing things but to say that it's exclusive social items was i thought kind of cool and especially the part about the unique appearances for your companion I don't even remember that. But yeah, it was one of those unboxing videos, which isn't, aren't there like a bunch of those on YouTube? If you look, but people actually film themselves like opening their new iPhone. Device. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love those. I if I want a three, I have to buy whatever it is. It's just like something in my uh -huh. brain. Oh, so that's probably what they're trying to make you do here. Buy the collector's edition. <laughs> um, one thing I thought was interesting is they, they did not mention the VIP club thing so i wonder why they didn't but they did, did you notice that you're talking about the collector's edition store the vip store no the the club like a, yeah you. like the the zone that you will not even be able that you that the bouncer will kick you out of the elevator if you try <laughs> to enter the zone which is only available to people with collector's editions i don't think they mentioned that at all in the video yeah they didn't break that part down specifically but they did mention the the store itself the store itself, yeah. but yeah, I, that's not quite the same thing. <laughs> well, and reading the article, 
the, mm -hmm. and this is what it says. It says that the collector's edition will be stocked with exclusive social items for yourself and unique appearances for your companion. And the store will also have regular updates to give players incentive to keep coming back. So it kind of leads me to believe that there's going to be keep they're going to keep adding stuff to that little VIP store. So go get your collector's edition. Spend that 150 bucks. No, don't do it. Don't buy the don't do it. edition. Don't so, so, <laughs> do okay, it. I know that we wanted to go through this quickly, but I have to to say that at New York Comic Con, it was the first time I met someone who agreed Good with me, me on my stance about not buying the collector's edition because I didn't want to feed into this idea of one, making us spend so much money, yep. and two, to, to set up this this class society in the game. Yeah, where... and then we made a we made a plan to to meet in game and pick at the elevator yes. to protest in game classism. <laughs> <laughs> this is class warfare. This is class warfare. <laughs> Y'all are so funny. I, I wish I could remember his name. He was a Corellian run radio listener. So anyway, sorry, I can't remember your name, but I remember standing in line with you and being so happy to meet someone else who finally agreed with me. <laughs> Just go buy it. <laughs> no. I want the Don't extra buy it Chinese. unless you want to continue to pay like two hundred dollars for collector's editions. Because if it's marketly successful, it's going to continue Ever. happening. That's right. So if, if we're all okay with that trend of like setting up the haves and have-nots, and if you want every feature, you have to put down like you know two hundred dollars, which is crazy. Then go ahead and buy the collector's edition. While I agree one hundred percent with you, Roxanne. I couldn't live without it. I mean, it was just, <laughs> I had to have it. Don't tell me I can't go up in that store. <laughs> well, all right. So much for, uh, yeah, we, we were only like 10 minutes into the podcast and Roxanne and I have had our first rant. <laughs> oh, now it's a real episode. <laughs> um, all right. See, Friday update, uh, October 21st, Fan Friday. I think we haven't had one of these in a while. So nice to I, I actually, I actually <laughs> kind of enjoyed it. I know people are always down on Fan Fridays, but you know, I was I thought it was fine because we hadn't had one in a while. Yeah, and did you guys see the the uh, bounty hunter, the three D render that that one oh, did? Yes. Is it Dreddon? Yeah, that... Dreddon. I can't I can't remember. That was amazing. I and yeah, I, if you read in his comments, he said where he has like the signs in Arabesh or in the background, and they say Torocast, and he said he wanted one of them to say Corellian Run Radio. But our name is way too long. Just tell <laughs> him Corellian Run. Corellian yeah. Run. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. I was like, hey, we were almost in a super awesome thing. <laughs> <laughs> or CRR. Oh. Yeah, so, so Dreydon, um, you know, wherever you are, I guess you're a listener. That's fantastic. I just, your render is totally awesome. It is awesome. Oh, I'm really glad to hear you say that, Roxanne, because I, because I always look at these things and go, that looks pretty good. And Roxanne is like, oh, it's not good. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so Dredden, you should be like really, you know, <laughs> impressed that well, Roxanne from, from one 3D person to another. It's, it's it looked awesome. good. It did. It looked good. <laughs> okay. Well, that brings us up to this week. Uh, we, uh, Bioware is now at Paris Games for Paris Games Week, October 21st through the 25th, where they're going to be able to play Origin Worlds, Alderaan, Hutball, and of course, our friends at Darth Hader will be there. Check their website for their coverage. 
All right, we will have links to all those different things in our show notes. Um, let's move on to New York Comic Con. We're going to go a little more in depth than <clears throat> what we have talked about so far. Um, so, so I guess there was no big reveal. Um, they showed us a trailer and that was great, but they had lots of little tiny things that we learned. Um, you can we have we'll have links. We have a couple of posts on our site which which gathers all our tweets that we did from the various panels. So check those out if you want to get every single little thing that that we learned. But um. I just wanted to like maybe touch on a couple things that stood out to us. Um, uh, Damien, I'm going to start with you. Was there anything that that you saw that that kind of caught your attention that you thought, hey, that's pretty cool? Um, to be honest, it was just a collection of all the little numbers game that they were playing. The, the just oh, yeah. the confirmation of 15 flashpoints, and you know they'll they'll all have a heroic version and two operations versus the one, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that kind of puts a lot of a lot of fears at rest of there being quote unquote no end game rah 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 that people are really afraid of. Yeah, you know what? Do we not hear that anymore? Because people, because you know, maybe six months ago, people may have still been predicting that there was no end game. Oh, I'm sure but, you're going to have some trolls that are going to say something, but for the most part, it's died tell. down. Because I no longer go on the general forums, so I have no <laughs> idea like You're what so complainers smart. are saying. <laughs> yeah, so but even yeah, on the still some doomsayers. Yeah, but even on the podcasts, you would hear it every once in a while. They weren't really sure, yeah, <laughs> you know. That's true. But but I think that the fact that I don't hear that regularly anymore, or worries, or you know, things that they're that people are sort of going, like, eh, I don't know about this. I think I I I would venture to guess that. Most people are at least, you know, that they they're okay with what they've heard so far, and they think it it might be okay. And now at this point, it's just a matter of seeing it once you're in the game. Right. Well, I had I a know. question about one of the things that was announced because I don't know how it's going to work since we played the game back in April, and we again at PAX. They say that you can travel to other origin worlds at a low level. Yes. Did they I, say how cool. low? I mean, do you have so to be James like Olin five said, or ten? Or... Within the first half hour or after like a half hour, you can like get a... to, yeah. yeah so if you play for 30 minutes, you will be at a level at which you can travel to a different origin world. Oh. I can't. He said, so it's physically possible to do it. I don't know if that would, if it would like work because I think what the your origin world primarily is supposed to what it's basically i think what like mostly your class quest stuff right so well, if you yeah. go away to where your class quests are not like i don't know is that going to screw you up forever <laughs> it is but and but the reason they did it is not it's not because you go i hate this world i'm never doing any of these yeah. quests it's more like if you have a friend who is leveling his oh, okay. level on you know on another origin world you can just say well you know what just for now i'm going to jump over there so that we can play together so that was that was okay. the purpose of being able I thought to do something that. like you know how no one liked the night elf starting area so they would like <laughs> somehow get to different areas and and do all those but twists. like you said, um, if they go to meet someone else at such a low level, now see, I can see maybe a higher level going and meeting someone lower level to help them blow through, you know, to get off that origin world. But I, it, you're going to miss so your class quest. And well, stuff. you're just going to have to go back and do them, which seems like right. a hassle. Yeah, that does seem like a hassle. To I me. would rather be, maybe that just makes me a bad friend and a bad MMO player, but I'd be <laughs> like, I'll meet you in 10 levels when we're both <laughs> done with all this stuff. Uh, I don't know. I like it because um, I just, 
because because sometimes especially at the beginning like this is your chance to play together while you're still in sync you know and you can go and it's i think it'd be great i don't i have a feeling you know what? i hope like, it won't so be if hard you're both the, if you're both starting characters you should just start characters in the same origin world if you want to play together exactly right well, <laughs> I, I guess but what if you want to play you know what if you just don't want to play that class you can only you know, what if you don't want to do the bounty hunter? You want to do the Sith Inquisitor. Then you see you in 10 levels. Yeah. yeah I mean, yo. <laughs> this is the dumbest feature ever, Bioware. Why did you waste time? No, I think it's really a good feature. I really do. I don't mean to make fun of it. I, I well, do I could, like it. I could see it being handy. Like, if somebody's been playing for a long time and they're trying to introduce a friend to the game and they want to start a new character, but let's say they've already played that one class that their friend really wants to play. So they go and they grab another one and jump over to that world for the first couple levels. Because when somebody just gets introduced to the game, they're not going to want to play for like 20 levels straight. So as soon as that playtime is done, then you can go back and finish up your class quest only. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. I like it. I like it. I think adding flexibility is usually good. So yep. I'm, no, I, I agree. Thumbs up. <laughs> Despite the naysayers. I don't think this. it's a bad idea. I was just like, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, oh, you like God, it for other sister. people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a bad big sister. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> okay, Roxanne, then what did you like on this list of little things that we learned? Oh my gosh, the list. Um, I, again, with the, the 15 flashpoints, that's really exciting. I love the idea that what they say, like whatever level you are, there's, there's always going to be a flashpoint that you can do, which is really, really cool. I think it's a, a really neat way to get maybe like Bioware single player crossover people kind of into that mindset of uh, gearing up for the more end game content, which is cool because I remember playing WoW. I really really didn't care about it and wasn't into it until I did like Scarlet Monastery and all the um you know the dungeons like after mm -hmm. that but that comes in at like level 34 <laughs> or something yeah. so there's a really? lot of just like you know saving farmers and whatever the hell like before <laughs> that point so it's neat to think that there's going to be this kind of you know like grouping up and, and doing dungeons and kind of more complicated fights like really early on so that's cool right right what did you guys think of uh, the Void Star Warzone that they talked about. I, I really liked uh, the little bit that they said, which is what? Is this the, you know, cap, um, what is it? You, it's a board. They said it was inspired by the boarding scene from the original first right. Star Wars when yeah. Darth Vader you know, comes onto the ship for the first time. And, and what, each side gets to, to play the role of the attacker and you have to move from zone to zone and you set explosives and all that kind of thing. And you, you just kind of blow your way through. Um, and what I didn't get is then, do you guys know, do you, so what, just one, do you take turns doing this? How do you know who wins? Yeah, I guess? is it one attack, one defend? That I thought that's what it was. But is that yeah, it's correct? one attack, one defend. And I think yeah. um, Daniel Erickson ended up saying in an interview that uh, the defending team has to hold off the other team as long as possible. And then they get a chance to attack and they have to beat the time that the first team got. Oh, okay. Is that what it like is? Counter-Strike. Yeah. Right. Oh, so wow. that's. That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so I liked hearing about that, a little bit more about that. Um, and I think it just in solidarity, I'm going to say that I was glad to hear that, that our non-North American players are going to be able to play on the same day as us. So oh, that was yeah. that was a surprise. That was good. good. Um, so yes, so there are lots of other little things. You can uh, go, go ahead and check out our 
tweet uh, recaps and find, you know, all the things that you may or may not have missed. Um, and uh, why don't we move on to our interview with David Bass? We got to chat with him a little bit. And I know this is this is something that Carlo really wants to talk about. <laughs> he, when we were at the and we asked him about the no dungeon finders thing, because that was actually something that we got at maybe the main mm. panel or maybe the Q&A. Um, and I remember because I was as I'm sitting in this panel, I'm tweeting and I get the, oh, no dungeon finder, which sort of surprised me. And I tweet that. And then, I mean, literally within about 20 seconds, all of a sudden my phone is vibrating and it's Carla mm-hmm. texting me. <laughs> what do you mean? No dungeon. Ask them about as if the Carla. I'm, I'm not like standing next to them. I can't just, you know, ask your question. They're Raise your hand, dad damn it. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of kick an elbow over real quick. That's right. Push that little seven-year-old boy down. Dad, give it. Tackle him. So I know that Roxanne and I have talked about this in a couple other places, and we were kind of both, she and I are kind of like, okay, we get it. We get why they're doing this. They want to promote the social thing. But, but I know, Carla, you re- really have some issues with this. Well, I just have some strong feelings about it. And, and I think that it's because I'm scared. I mean, not so much so that, you know, I can't work around it. Because, for example, you know, everybody knows I'm in Old Timers Guild and we're not going to have to worry about it. You know, not really. I mean, we're going to be able to be invent or whatever and find, you know, have our little pals and we'll go do whatever we need to do. But I'm trying to understand and wrap my little brain around this fleet-based social hub and how easy it's going to be to access these different flashpoints and how easy it's going to be. I'm thinking more about the casual, casual players that only get to log on for an hour, maybe two in the evenings, and they try to coordinate and get a group, and they've got to go stand around in a fleet little room, well, a big room, and say... I want to go do this. I mean, to complete strangers, I, I just, I, I just have a tough time with it. I, I, I don't know why, but I just have a tough time. I don't think people are that forward in a lot of cases to seek that type of socialization. If they want to be social, they'll be in a guild. Well, I don't know. See, my, my viewpoint on that, just the different games that I've played through and just seeing the change, because I was actually, you know, playing fairly progressively in um, WoW at the time that they introduced the whole Dungeon Finder thing. And I saw the, the social aspect just go down the tubes at that point. But it, from how I understand it, the social hub thing is really going to be central to any planet, or at least most of them anyway. So you can go there from pretty much anywhere. So you can either hang out on the planet that that instance is on, or you can go back to the social hub and look for friends. And you're going to have a friends list. You can always add people that you've already run with before. So you can always contact them again at any given point. And it's just it it's a lot more um a lot more of an epic feel when you say, hey guys, let's let's gather a party and go out and and let's destroy this thing. And I agree with you to a certain extent. I mean, that's why I'm trying to embrace this idea because I do want socialization. on our little server. I want us to get to know the other people, no matter what guild they're in or whatever. I want to get to know other people. I think that is the one thing that, you know, games of late seem to be missing. But when you say that you have to go sit in this, this fleet, how long are you going to have to sit there as you try to find somebody to go get a group with? Remember, this is the casual player that only has an hour or maybe two 
and depending upon how long the flashpoint lasts, you know, he's going to spend, what, half of his time trying to find three other people or two other people and so, companions. Yeah. I wonder, like, the, that kind of casual player, I wonder how into running groups they are in the first place. If they're so casual that they don't talk to people and they only log on for an hour, are they the ones looking for flashpoints? Well, there's also the, the heroics. Groups. Nifty part about that, though, is they can always hang out on the world that these instances are on. And if a global chat works literally globally for the world, then they could always just complete all their quests while they're still looking for a party. Yeah, I guess I, when you say you're scared, like, what are you afraid is going to happen? That people are going to not be there. It's not going to be a social place that everybody really is hanging out. If I thought there were going to be a lot of people hanging in that one area to socialize, then I, I wouldn't well, have they, a problem with they it. They will be driven there by the fact that there's no dungeon finder, right? <laughs> well, that's probably so, true. Yeah. I mean, I my mean, fears could be I, unfounded. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't have like a real opinion about the dungeon finder thing because I never raided or used it or anything. But um, I know with other game systems, it's sort of like if there is a dungeon finder, I can see it being really easy to not socialize because that'll just become like the status quo. But if there isn't one, then like I'll go ahead and talk to people. Like I'm not so afraid of social interaction that I will be like, I guess I won't run dungeons now <laughs> because it's that or talk to people. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> so like I do kind of get um, how they're not implementing it immediately because I feel like we shouldn't fall into those habits until maybe a little later. Uh, that like you know if you if it, the game starts out and everyone's like friendly or you have to talk to everyone, you'll just do it because that's the way things are. If there's no, you know, game system set in place where you can avoid talking to people. Well, I, I realize that. And I guess the, the example that I used um, in one of our conversations that I had with a couple of guildmates was that even as a guild, there are times that you log on at the last minute and somebody's just now, they've already, they're in that in, uh, particular flashpoint that you're needing to run. You can't seem to find a group and you need to get this done. Maybe you have a quest to go in there or whatever the case may be. And you need help and you put a cry out in guild chat that you need help to do this particular flashpoint. And there may be somebody over on Tatooine that says, oh, yeah, I'll come help. And then there's another person on another planet that says, oh, yeah, I'll come help. And the travel time trying to get to these particular places, and which is, I know, a different subject, and that is trying to get everybody there if they're not in that social hub or they're not in the zone where the flashpoint is. You know, you've got time involved. And... Yeah, let's not bring the travel thing because I think that is a separate issue, and I it would be nice if they had like meeting stones. Let's I, for people who have may not have heard this, us talk about this in other places or read the David Best interview. The way the looking for group thing, I know Carla mentioned the symbols. So what happens is, as David said in our interview, what they want you to do is they want you to you know you'll sign up for. You'll click the looking for group option, and then a symbol will appear over your head. I'm curious as to, will, will the symbol say you're a tank or you're a healer or something like that? But And it'll, you'll actually run around and you'll see, I guess, other people with these same symbols. And what they want you to do is to go up and talk. And actually, I mean, it's like if the person is, you shouldn't be shy because obviously if they have a symbol over the head, they're hoping that someone will talk to them and they just want to encourage the uh um, you know, the interaction because, you know, it's, I think it's nice because I really like the getting a feel for the person just from a few sentences of, of typing chat, 
excuse me, chat to them. Um, because I think that it's just, you know, you, it'll make you feel better and you'll, you just sort of establish some kind of relationship with the person rather than just, you know, being dropped into his own. And now you're go, you know, go. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you, don't know you don't know by that little symbol on their head if, you know, cause I don't know what it's going to be or what it looks like or, or anything, but you don't know what flashpoint or whatever they're wanting to do. Or what, or whether they're wanting a group for a quest, or whatever the case may be. So you've got to go chat. Don't you think what that you the general? I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's just the fact that how many people are you going to have to talk to to get to the right person that's got the same flashpoint interest that you do? And you know, I don't know. I I, I just think that general chat or trade chat or some other universal chat is going to be a, end up being a looking for group channel. And it's going to be spammed and then therefore making it totally useless for everything that it was designed for. Well, I could also be wrong, but I, I would swear I remember them saying also that there was actually going to be like a little list you can pull up where you actually say you're looking for a group and it's going to put you in a list there as well. Like it'll put your name up saying that you are looking for a group. But will it say that I'm looking for a group for X flashpoint? You know, X uh -oh. whatever. Because if yeah, that's that the case, perfect. That's exactly what we need if we're not going to have a dungeon finder. But if it just says that it, you're looking for a group, that could mean anything. Right. So, I don't know. I think you're worrying too much because we be. obviously don't know all the details. And I and I think that there are smart people working on this and they have already thought of the question that are, that are you know, that you're wondering about and that they will tweak it if something really needs to be changed, but I'm, I'm definitely willing to give this thing, this thing a shot. Cause I like the idea of people talking to each other. I do too. I mean, I really do. I mean, it's not that I'm really adverse to not wanting <laughs> to talk to anybody. I just wanted to make it easier for not only those of us that, that are in guilds, but those that are not in guilds and make it a little easier on them. And, but I do want the socialization. So if this is what it takes, I'm okay. <laughs> for now so for now yeah i think we'll we'll hear more about it obviously and then you know we'll be able to, to direct our questions or a little sure. more <laughs> specifically sorry were you going to say something damien oh no 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> um all right let's uh what else did we talk about in the david bass thing oh more weekend testing is in the future he said that their second round went really well and that they are definitely still planning more weekend testing so people you know, can still wait for that, for that invite, for the, for that kind of thing, or maybe just an invite to the general testing. And, um, he talked also about, oh, I asked him about the NDA and they said maybe they might lift it before launch, but that's not definite. And then he talked about the reasons why that may or may not be a good idea. What do you guys think? I mean, do you think the NDA is something that's time to get rid of or do you understand why they don't want to let go quite yet? I, I can perfectly understand why it's still in place and the, to be honest I, I think it should still stay in place until a lot closer to launch just until they get a lot more things finalized and actually set exactly how they like it. Mm -hmm. yep, I agree. I agree with that as well. That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't think it should be released right now um, but I do think it should be released say you know two, three, four weeks before launch. I don't think they should wait till the last minute but it's their game. They can do what they want. <laughs> well, yeah, we should end we'll... every sentence with that phrase. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, it's their game. They can. Do That's right. Else. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We've reached that point in our coverage. <laughs> um, so, do other games like usually 
have, you know, I guess they're what they lifted the NDA on some of the game testing recently, didn't they? What was it? I can't remember. I remember do- that Rift lifted it, I think, almost a month before release, maybe even a little further. It's hard for me to, I, I, you know, I, I saw that this was going to be something we were going to talk about. I went back and I tried to find it and I couldn't find any notes that I left. Um, but I know that you got to talk about things and once the NDA was released and it was several weeks before. Is there any advantage? I only see a downside to lifting an NDA. What would be the upside if they're, if they're so confident in the game that they think all the talk is going to be like pro yay the game is awesome or i don't know well i guess lots of gameplay footage could go on like youtube and then people get to actually see more of the actual game which would be cool i know that's something that i would probably look for if i was uh-huh. going to play well and more details about the game i mean because there's still a lot of questions about crew skills and you know okay deep- so that's the advantage to the players but what is the advantage for bioware because well, people are going to be interest, talking about you know? it. Yeah, drums yeah, up it's interest. Like marketing, because like you okay. would have the entire internet being like, this game is awesome. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was just thinking, we already have a lot of people saying that, so I didn't know if there was like, could they would get lots more, but they also might get the downside too. <laughs> um, all right, well, we'll see. They, you know, they may or may not do it. We probably not very soon but um uh okay well you can check out the rest of the david bass interview on our site we will have a link in our show notes let's move on to the pvp event so so damien you were like the driving force behind this i think (laughs) was this just something you cooked up like one night before or at the bar or what Uh it was actually within about a week before heading up there i was um talking with the nothing gaming guys i I was actually on one of their podcasts and believe it or not it was actually dahaka that first mentioned something about it like wouldn't it be cool if and he just mentioned a bunch of the fan sites you know blah blah Mm -hmm. blah and i just kind of took the idea and run with it i I told him man i'm stealing that idea from you just so you know (laughs) Um, i'm gonna take it and it's it's gonna happen it's gonna be my idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. So, so yeah, did you just? Uh, I think you talked to us at the Wednesday night meet and greet in uh, in New York City. Um, is that when you just started contacting people, or? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I contacted some people beforehand, like obviously the Nothing Gaming guys and mm-hmm. you know, like a uh, Hammer and AWOL and MBD and them because uh, we were talking beforehand. But a lot of the other sites, I didn't get to contact until. Like at the meet and greet, and then Thursday, I went nuts. Like everybody I saw, I said, "Hey, would you be interested in? Hey, would you be interested in?" And then mm-hmm. Friday was the uh, the juggling time, trying to figure out a time, right, and trying to communicate with everybody in that terrible, terrible, uh, non Twitter, <laughs> non tweeting working uh, zone. Oh yeah, um, I just decided that I threw my phone number out on Twitter, and I was like, "Guys, just text me." <laughs> yeah, that was easier. funny. I'm gonna tweet my phone number. I hope nothing bad happens. I guess I didn't. <laughs> I didn't hear what happened. It was when you said a tweet-free zone. Did y'all get into a place where you couldn't use Twitter? Well, yeah, just, just because the of the convention hall, oh, just because okay. there's so many people. Oh, yeah, okay. data was like shut down. There was no data. I had voice and you know texting, but data was just gone. It would take ten minutes for one tweet to go out. Right. It would just be like updating, updating, updating. Well, I think that you guys did a really great thing by doing this because as someone that didn't get to go, I felt really excited to read what was going on. And of course, I just love Eric Musco. 
Yeah. I love his little comment. You know, Empire, here's jazz. <laughs> Good old Eric. Uh, um, so, so Damien, did you like, so did you just go up to David Bass or Stephen Reed and go, hey, we want to just like come in. We want to make an appointment and just take over the booth. Were they okay with that? Well, yeah, I was going to ask um, uh, Bass that night, but he was he was kind of busy running around talking to a bunch of people. But uh, I bumped into Stephen Reed and asked him and kind of, threw the idea at him and he kind of said, well, if you arrange it and you can make it happen and you get it all set up, um, come and talk to us and we'll set up a time. So. Cool. So yeah. So they opened it. They just didn't want to do extra work. <laughs> I don't yeah, it was basically, it was basically one of those, like we have 9 billion things going on, so we yeah. can't help you at all with this, but uh, go ahead and let us know how it turns out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I, I get the feeling that uh, there were plenty of volunteers. I mean, it wasn't like you were having a hard time filling the slots. Is that right? Oh no, yeah, there was there was plenty of people who wanted to fill in. I was just getting nervous towards the end because again, without being able to, you know, send tweets out to people and get a hold of everybody at once, I'm like, okay, I hope everybody's gonna actually show up here. <laughs> if not, we're gonna have to pull random people out of the crowd and be like, Listen, you are gonna pretend you're from a fan site or at least uh, <laughs> you, you did know, good though. You did good. Yeah, no, it was great. So I if I haven't said this before, thank you for taking the initiative because I know that everybody everybody had just a blast, you know, whether you won or lost. It was just really fun um just to be part of that event and it would be cool if we, you know, did other things like that if it was possible. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah. uh but yeah, so so I played the Shadow, the Jedi Consular Shadow, um which I had basically never really played before, but um um, I just, you know, did things like, you know, stuck with my group and, you know, didn't just run nilly willy nilly. Um, I get the feeling just from watching Darth Hader had a, a nice video and I think that other, uh, maybe TGN did a video too, didn't they? And oh, it was. And that was so good to watch all these guys from fan sites come and talk, whether they won or whether they lost. That was really a good video. TGN. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, but, but I, I don't, do you, did, and, and Damien, you were not playing, you were filming. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. So did you get a sense of like what was going on? Was one side just more coordinated than the other or, or was, you know, did you stack the team so that one time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, no. well actually, was... I went and um, I tried to balance it all out because I ended up asking everybody, you know, two questions. For one, just yes or no, have you had beta access? Mm -hmm. And then after that, okay, well, if you haven't had beta access, have you at least played at the con, either here or at another one? And mm -hmm. kind of got a good feel for who has and who hasn't played. And I kind of balanced the teams that way to begin with. But uh, okay. it, <laughs> I think, who was it? Um, Dahaka ended up mentioning the fact that it it just turned out that there was like all the the older more established fan sites ended up being on the Republic side, and some <laughs> of the more new guys ended up on on the other side on the uh, Empire. Right. Yeah. So our team was the Republic team was was us. But you know what? I mean, Roxanne hasn't really played the game. And... I think you screwed up the team balance by like <laughs> with your ranting about how you're awful at PvP, which you always <laughs> do, but you've never lost. So like... No, no, no. That's not true. <laughs> and not I'm not true. very good. <laughs> but but but, uh... but yeah. So we got you know we had Jaro from Gen Jedi and there's yeah. and 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 the two Darth Hater guys and those. I know those guys are definitely pretty hardcore PvP. And then we had the two Tor... One or two Tor Talk guys, I can't remember. Um, uh, yeah, two. Two. So, I, yeah, I don't I don't know what they're... If they said they were really good. But so, so, yeah, our team did look pretty strong just on the basis of at least, 
you know, a few, a smattering. And, uh, we had Jeff too from Toronto. And Wars. Jeff, and he actually yeah. did say, I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and he know. held up to that but, one. Yeah, even he's. I don't think he's. I think he's only played like maybe at the fansite summit or you know at the at when he attends the con. So it's not. So it's it's hard to tell because I mean there might be people that are good, but you know they've never played that class before, so you don't know what you're getting into. But but anyway, <laughs> I know there was a lot of some trash talking and you know saying well, you you stack the teams. <laughs> it's like well I don't know. <laughs> but I'm anyway. I'm going to follow Bioware's official statement that uh, the balancing game uh, will continue after, uh, after launch. <laughs> because, yeah, people definitely wanted rematches, and, and I, I hope that can happen sometime. But uh, but anyway, it was it was great fun. Roxanne, what did you play? I played the Jedi Knight uh, Sentinel. Mm-hmm. And were you so? I can say about that. (laughs) (laughs) The whole thing is sort of a blur, and I was like re-listening to some of my interviews about this fansite face-off, and I was like, I'm gonna think of super awesome, intelligent things to say because I always say the same thing, which is like I had no idea what was going on, and then we won somehow, which sounds really stupid, but um. (laughs) I was unsuccessful in thinking of intelligent things to say. So sorry, <laughs> everyone else. Right. So for people who don't know, the way we, we played Alderaan, the war zone, and the way that works is what there are three turrets and you have to cap the turrets. You have to get control of them so that your turret will shoot the enemy ship. So Yeah, and if you I hold was... turrets, the, the health on your enemy ship drains. So if you hold more turrets, then it's faster, or you could hold like, you don't have to be all three, you could hold two, but the entire round and like play a sort of strategy thing. And it was a really cool war zone. I liked it a bunch. Yeah, yeah. I liked it too. And I, I think that Republic was was held too for a lot of the pretty yeah. pretty early on. And, and then it was just a matter of time before the Empire ship fell. Um, I was like on the left turret and I had uh, Jaro from Jedi. And I and he was on what he was the Jedi Guardian, and then yeah. Jeff was the smuggler, and you know like they 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 never even tried to get him. He was just like he always just like was kind of above us, and we were down below. <laughs> um, and uh, so I don't think he, I don't know if he died once the whole time, but uh, and in Roxanne, where were you? Were you were more like in the middle, or um, I like ran to cap the left turret, and I was there for like a while, but then after I died. I was kind of listening to the Darth Hader guys shout at each other, and I was sort of following their chatter. So I would like, I went to the middle and like helped uh, hold that with them for a while, and then I pretty much just stayed at the middle for mm-hmm. like the entire game. Right, right. So, so what about what was going on on the uh, the Empire side, Damien? What were they up to? What was their strategy? Well, I was actually sitting over on the Republic side, oh, but I can, it? yeah, I can definitely say that uh, the Empire guys weren't quite. Uh, weren't quite as coordinated they weren't they weren't screaming around quite as much about where people should go and what mm-hmm. they should do so yeah it's all about the coordination i guess yeah. <laughs> it does PvP. make a difference well, I, I will say one thing you know i mean i'm i always say that i don't spend a lot of time doing pvp but the the two experiences i've had the, you know playing alderaan here and hutball at pax just I was like, oh, this seems like so much fun. This is all I want to do now. <laughs> so it, I can see how if you just get with a group of people, it can be a great time. So I hope that I'll get to do more of that in the game when it comes out. I hope we get to have structured teams eventually. Yeah, that's right. The last thing we heard is you can only go what? You can only Four. have a pre-made 
four? four. Is that what it you is? can only so. have a maximum of four people in your group, and the other four have to be random. You know, and people. I, that was definitely true of Hutball. Is that true? Yeah, that's probably also true. It's for probably them. also true for the other. And that's there's a like an outcry to of our PVPers and non PVPers alike. I mean, I for one would prefer to play premades, but I don't want to play against random people, and I don't think they should play against us. But hmm. I would really like to have a Hutball team. Yeah, it would be fun. And spectator mode. I want a spectator exactly. mode. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to all bet. Right. Um, all right. So uh, we'll have links to uh, some of the videos that have been posted about the event and um, check those out because they actually are pretty fun to watch. <clears throat> um, let's just quickly touch on the meet and greets. There were two. Wednesday night was the official Bioware one at uh, a nightclub in New York City, really close to Penn Station. So that was nice for Roxanne and me since we were commuting. Um I wasn't sure how popular it would be because it, it was, you know, they kind of got that like, kind of an awkward time. We were a little bit annoyed that we had to go in, a day, you know, an extra time. <laughs> I think I, we were even thinking of not going in until Friday, weren't we, Roxanne? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we were commuting <laughs> on the train. But, you know, when we heard this meet and greet was going on, we, okay, well, now we have to go. But there was a, there was a pretty good line outside. We got there... I don't know, probably about 40 minutes early, and Jeff and Dee Dee from Tor Wars held a spot for us, so that was nice. Um, you so, mean you and cut I think, in line. I'm sorry? <laughs> you cut in line, you sit. We did cut in line, we I know. Did. I said. In front of like a really terrifying looking bouncer <laughs> who kept the Tor Talk guys out, which is upsetting. Yeah, I don't I talk about me anymore. I know. I did think of that. I think I even said that in my uh, article mm -hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> since we gave people a hard time. So <clears throat> I think I think in my mind I was saying, well, people always cut in on, where we, for, on us, so I'm just going to cut in and take advantage for, for yeah. once, rather be the one to hold the place for 15 fan sites. <laughs> so anyway, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, the tour talk, guys, this was a, this is a terrible story. We found out next the like the next day that they were turned away at the door because oh, no. why they they're weren't under age. Yeah. They're underage. But, oh. but, but they're like, uh, but we all got bracelets. So it should have been that you just don't get a bracelet. Right. And then you get to go in. Cause why even get bracelets? If yeah. they're just not going to let you in if you're only 20. Yeah, because they, they were 20. It isn't like they were 15-year-olds trying to get in or something. Um, so, and, you know, and they were, I know that, that the role was supposed to be that they they could get in, but, but they were that the bouncer wouldn't let them in. And they're like, you know, they're just like kids, I guess. <laughs> they were too nice to try to fight for their right. <laughs> or Poor guys. I know. It's it's awful. I, I felt I would have been like if I'm glad they weren't commuting and Roxanne, can you imagine if we had taken the train in two hours and then got turned away at the door? That would well, have been it's terrible. It's difficult to imagine that situation because neither of us are under twenty one. <laughs> I know. And we have enough like we probably would have just like called or texted someone inside. Exactly, like, exactly. Drag him to the door. Yeah, make him let me in. Yeah, these guys... I guess that's what we need to do when we go to these things is exchange mobile phone numbers with all the fan sites. So something like that, because that's really bad. They could have texted anybody. I know, oh, I know. I did actually give them my number in case that happened again at the uh, Darth Hader one a couple of days later, but that was not a problem. Okay. Um, uh, so I guess that was Wednesday night. And then there was the... Uh, Darth Hader one on Saturday night, which was really fun. And actually, I just wanted to say, and Wednesday night is the one where we met 
Vertek or Damien for yeah. the first time. Oh, Yay. <laughs> and and Daniel Erickson was standing there holding court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he does. I know. Um and they had an open bar and an appetizer. So it was and it was an actual nightclub. Although although was there anything going else going on that night or was it just us? I guess it was just us, wasn't it? Well, there was the uh, the like electronic arts press thing had happened a couple hours before in the same venue so right. it was like all cleared out for that and then we just kind of like snuck in near the end is yeah, that what their leftovers yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, i was gonna so, say apparently that's why uh that's why all the decorations were already up because of the uh the press event so the uh sotor guys didn't have to do anything when it came yeah. to getting it all pretty and that's why it was on wednesday um instead of actually during the convention yeah, and you know, and I, so that made a lot of sense, which is why you know the people who were kind of annoyed at it being such a weird time. Um, but you know, that makes a lot of sense. Plus, you know, I'm sure it's a lot more expensive to to rent a nightclub in New York City on a Friday night or a Saturday night. In fact, it might not have even been possible. But uh, I, they had uh, some computers set up for play. I don't. Did you guys watch that or try to play or anything like that? I watched it. I didn't I didn't try to jump in and play though. I was too busy actually running around and talking to people. Yeah, yeah. And and Damien, have you gone to any of these events before for, you know, for tour? No. Oh no, that's why I was I was completely lost and I I I felt like a little puppy dog cuz usually oh. I'm fairly shy around like uh groups that I don't know too well. Uh-huh. Like it's different if it's like in the music scene because I I've, I've done that for so long I'm really comfortable with it but I this is my first like press thing I've ever really done so I walked into it like all right um how's it going guys uh, who's who <laughs> Oh and, you were so good you were like really you know smooth you came and you introduced yourself you said who you were like cuz we knew you I knew your name from the our forums <laughs> I was like oh and that's what is what's so great about these things and I, I would encourage our listeners if you ever hear of a meet and greet and you're in the area even if you don't go to the convention just come to one of these things because because you're you know you people are are really friendly and willing to talk and you obviously have something in common so yeah and oh also if you do come to one of these things and you see us please 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 <laughs> come up and talk to us <laughs> i know <laughs> because it's always like a little sad and awkward when we like leave an event and then you look at Twitter and you like see that like someone was watching you from across the room and they're like, should I say hi? I didn't. And you're like, oh, <laughs> that's I know, weird. Because we're so scary and intimidating. Yeah, I can at least say that even as like, the, again, the new guy with the thing, I didn't know anybody. But yeah, everybody there was absolutely great. I mean, these ladies were awesome. I just kind of stumbled right into their conversation and jumped right all over it. They were talking about keyboard setups and everything. And <laughs> were we was i part of the conversation yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just kind of just kind of stuck my foot right in that conversation hey guys how's it going and that's exactly what you need to do because because everyone was like super willing to talk about tour and gaming obviously <laughs> um but uh so yeah and we met uh actually somebody you know carla alan from otg right 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 that was really it was thanks for coming up and saying hello and everyone else and and that is the other thing there's always people like you know I hear that so and so is not going to be there I'm always kind of sad but then but then I meet somebody else who's just as much fun to talk to so you know it's it's great to to go to these events um 
And then on Saturday night was the Darth Hader one. And that was noteworthy because it was the first time that a fan bought us drinks. <laughs> we we're like, oh, this is really nice. Because we always hear about how, you know, Zach from Moss Eisley Radio hasn't <laughs> bought a drink for himself at any of these events. Yeah. I was like, oh, no one ever buys us a drink. So Jax, uh, thank you. And uh, Damien Amores. We met two Damians this weekend who spell their names the exact same way. How strange is that? <laughs> um, so thank you guys. Uh, we really Vertec, you also bought a drink, didn't you? For Did me. You? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, so man. <laughs> I missed all the good stuff. Dead, Carla. <laughs> Dead. That was actually the skip them. <laughs> oh, it wasn't by choice. <laughs> So, so we are always happy to have people introduce themselves to us and even happier when you buy us drinks. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I also want to give a little, do you remember that girl, Samantha, Roxanne? Yes. So Samantha, I think is, is Baylor's or Josh's girlfriend. And he's, he worked, he's a producer on Darth Hader. And it was really funny because I'm sitting there talking to a bunch of people and Stephen Reed is one of them. And all of a sudden this, uh, this, this very attractive young lady comes up and she just kind of comes in and she goes, Mr. Reed. And you know, it's like, it was, wow, she's like being so polite. And then she launches into this campaign about how she has this brilliant plan that she's trying to get people to hop on board on. And we're all like, oh, okay, what is it? And then she says, I think that the acronym SWOTR, or what is it? SWOTR. <laughs> T-O-R. should be pronounced swooter <laughs> there's this sort of like silence and we're all like that's swooter. the worst idea i've ever heard <laughs> oh no that doesn't imply hooter <laughs> i don't know it either sounds like something you ride or something you wear <laughs> she's like no swooter. it's the most awesome thing it should be swooter and you know steven reed is just staring at her and not even responding <laughs> no offense samantha but no mm -mm. actually my friends my friends call it sweater which is something that joe started who is on sweater. our our facebook and our forums and the, yeah like the thing that you wear like you were saying and then like my other friends adopted saying it, I think, to annoy me. But <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Just shorten it. Tor. Yeah, I like Tor. Tor. <laughs> but, well, and I have to say that I like Swooter better than I like Sweater. So, yeah, so maybe no kidding. This. I don't <laughs> like Swooter um, because it upsets me. <laughs> I don't like it either, Roxanne, so you don't have to worry about me calling it. I know. And, and she goes, I know. Everybody hates it. <laughs> I said, oh, well, I really admire your enthusiasm and, and I'll be sure to mention you in our next podcast. So I tried Samantha, even though I don't even agree with you. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, you know, her boyfriend, Jit Baylor, is just in the background, like waving his arms and shaking his head. It's like, no, 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 I'm not getting involved in this. But, uh, Smart but man. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there was also a moment when when roxanne called Stephen reed a liar i didn't was stop fun. stop characterizing that conversation that way <laughs> that's the way i heard it <laughs> <laughs> i forget the lead into the conversation but he was just talking about how Stephen blum does not do the voice of the bounty hunter and i was like what and he's like it's true and i just shouted i don't believe you <laughs> sounds like a liar to me buying me drinks mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I was saying. But sure. Yeah. 
He was like, it's a guy doing like a really good Steve Blum <clears throat> impression. I'm like, that seems less likely than it actually being Steve Blum. But I've since gone back and listened to like clips and stuff, and I like, yeah, it's totally not him. Well, like, <laughs> I've just been, I've been led astray by, that's just one of those things that we've always thought, right? And I think I read, I went back and read, like, a Tor Wars article from 2010 or something about mm -hmm. how it totally is, but yeah. So I bet really Stephen Reed will forgive you if you mail him cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and then we said it again to the Darth Hater guys, and they shouted, I don't believe you at us, but, like, you know, <laughs> there was a train, a train of liars. Well, I think, yeah, I think that Jax actually, he was telling them that, and I, and then they, and, and, they didn't believe him and so he like turned to me goes tell them i tell them what it's like what, what steven reed said about steve i was like oh yeah he says it's not him and and the darth hater guys were like what exactly the way roxanne was <laughs> so i don't so anyway you guys and all those people out there who have been going under the false conception that it's steve Bloom, we have confirmation from steven reed that it that in fact is not true <laughs> but <laughs> anyway so i think that's about a wrap for the New York Comic Con stuff, uh, so so Damien, are you going to be heading to more of these? Did you have a good time? I had a blast, and I'm going to try and make it to every single one I can. Um, plans are in the works for PAX East at least, and um, SDCC is one I'm going to aim for because I have a lot of family in that area, so I won't have to worry about crashing at a hotel uh, there either. That's, oh, that's almost like the worst part in some yeah. ways. <laughs> uh, are you? Do you live on the East Coast? Uh, yeah, I actually live in Western Maryland. Oh, right. Okay. So, oh, yeah. So, I know. Isn't it nice that they came? This is the first time that Bioware or Star Wars The Old Republic was at, was at New York Comic Con. So, it's really nice to have another another East Coast one uh, to go to. Um, all right. Well, Carly, you want to wrap us up with some quick Absolutely. Mentions? You can catch um, Corellian Run Radio as guest host on Moss Eisley Radio. Go check out that episode. Also, Corellian Run Radio did the non-podcast with Tor Wars. If you haven't seen it, go check out Jeffrey's post packs video. We'll have a link to that. And Jeffrey from Tor from Torocast. That's correct, Jeffrey. You know everybody knows Jeffrey. Oh, do they? Okay. They better know Jeffrey <laughs> from Torocast. Okay, and then there was just a huge influx of press reviews when the embargo was lifted on October fifteenth. We've got an article where we've gathered up all the links to the different ones that we found. Go check that out. And I believe that's a wrap of the latest news in tour. Sin. Strong am I with the Force. Or Jedi. Last time we found out that both Carla and Larry Everett take strict anti-piracy stances when it comes to watching movies online. If it's up illegally, they want nothing to do with it. Also, we found out that while Kathy is strictly against piracy in theory, sometimes her powers of rationalization leads her astray. So far, our scores stand at Carla negative three, Kathy plus 13, and Roxanne plus six. Remember, negative scores reflect a dark side tendency, while positive scores reflect a light side tendency. Okay, this is the test of the last appetizer. You're at a restaurant with a group of friends. Your table orders an appetizer to share. It is delicious. 
and everyone seems to really be enjoying it. Eventually, there is only one piece left. What do you do? One, leave it. Two, ask, hey, who wants this last piece? Secretly hoping no one will. Or three, take it without saying anything. And since you're our guest, Damien, what would you do? Oh, dear. Um, typically, I'm the nice guy, so I would probably end up doing the, um, try and offer it up, hoping that everyone's going to say, well, nah, you go ahead and take it, because I'm <laughs> sorry, I can pack away some food. I love me some edibles. <laughs> okay, well, you have chosen a neutral path. It doesn't make sense to let the last piece go to waste. You are giving other people a chance to stake their claim. What about you, Roxanne? Um, I would also do number two. I don't actually believe that that's like a neutral option because offering it to other people is like a good thing to do. Um, and you're secretly hoping that no one will claim it, I guess is the part that makes it not because you have like ulterior motives or whatever. The fact like leaving it and if no one eats it, that's not actually like good because then like you could have eaten it and be happy. So, <laughs> well, don't you think someone else will eventually like, you know, We'll probably do one of those options. Yeah. Or you think it actually will just get thrown away? I don't know. Is the, is the social pressure too much if you ask who wants this piece? Are you not supposed to say yes? So are you, like, tricking your friends? They're like, oh, I can't say yes, so now the person's just going to get it. Is that how that question works? <laughs> I don't know. Or? I don't know. What's the proper know. social <laughs> etiquette thing to do? When, if someone goes, so, yeah. So what happens if someone says that to you? Do you ever go, oh, I'll take it? I don't think that ever happens. I don't think, you're right. I don't think so. <laughs> Hey, who wants this last piece is like code for I want, I want this it. And then you're like, I want it. Then you're like, ah, oh, what a douchebag. <laughs> well, that's why I always, I always toss out, hey, I'll split it with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's the true neutral one. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. What about you, Kathy? <laughs> yeah. I would also take number two because for all the same reasons uh, that you guys just said, I just think, yeah. <laughs> Because you don't want it to go to waste, and you know that probably it'll sit there and get cold. So someone should, you know, take <laughs> take the leap and you know get that that get that last piece out of the way. Um, it was funny, Roxanne. You remember when you and I were talking about this? Because we actually asked David Bass the same question, and you mm -hmm. said you acted like you, with your friends. Oh no, no, it don't actually tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were like, well, who's paying for it? And yeah. I'm and I'm thinking, well, I don't know. Aren't you just all splitting it? And is that the is is that like a, a, a thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I called her friends cheap. I said, you guys are cheapskates. <laughs> um, uh oh well. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I don't. You but... cheap, but we don't out other people for improper social behavior. <laughs> I'm not sure what your friends are. Yeah, just cut in line. <laughs> oh, well. I think we have a clip of David Bass answering this. Don't it's we? It's the middle oh. option, definitely. I always, I'm like, is anybody, you guys, there's one left. You guys should have it. And then everybody's like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, you know what? I think this might, oh, Carla, did we ask you what you no, would do? No, you didn't. Go ahead. What would you do? I don't know. Because it would really depend on if I ordered the appetizer. If I ordered it, I would pay for it. And I would share it with everybody. So I wouldn't feel guilty about taking the last piece. 
check it out. That's what I said. And then you berated me. <laughs> no, I didn't berate you. I didn't berate you. Not you, not you Carla. No, I, I was did. like, if you order it and you pay for it, then you kind of have more of a say. And mom was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, yeah, this is like a whole different thing. When, so this is like the corollary. When you go out to dinner with your friends, do you like actually check to see who ordered what and how much they spent, or do you just divide it equally among the whole table? Well, sometimes the waiter won't divide. Like, they'll say they will do an item on each card, you know, but you can't, like, take an appetizer and split it five ways. So someone will be like, oh, I'll get it. Yeah, usually that's <laughs> me. Usually, you know, I don't mind buying an appetizer to share with my friends, you know, yeah. so I just offer to buy it and I order it or I don't even ask. I just say, I just order an appetizer and offer it to everybody. That, it, that's what I do too. Yeah. yeah totally. I mean, so if there's, just, there's like, a piece it. left and it's just sitting there and it's been there for more than five minutes, it's free game, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. See, when I go out with my friends, we don't really pay attention to who orders what. And if there are like four of us, we just figure out what each person, like a fourth of the check is what you owe. So you have we don't like friends. Because you can do that if you have cash, but I don't know anyone who well, pays with cash. Know, they give you change. They'll even take four separate credit cards if you ask them to yeah, do that. I know, but they won't <laughs> divide. Like, they'll be like, sometimes they'll, you'll be like, oh, can we have separate checks? And they're like, yeah, okay. And that comes, and they're like, "Wait, um." Well, no, no, no. That's what I mean. The appetizer going on, and you, and someone has to claim it. They're not going to be like, "I'll split the appetizer four ways." Right, right. No, but see, we don't do that. We just go. Each person owes twenty-two bucks. Yeah, but right. no one has cash in my scenario. Yeah, see, so. I don't carry cash, so I would yeah, be in your so scenario. Will, so you can say, "Okay, so this is a good lesson for you, Roxanne, since you go out mm -hmm. to eat with friends. You hand your card to the waiter, and you say, take twenty-two dollars off this card.'" Yeah. And they will do that for you. Or you give them, you know, they, you say, we need change, so and like, they'll come right, back with change Right, so that's, you. like, kind of a hassle. And to me, <laughs> listen, listen, no, listen. To me, dividing the appetizer four ways seems more cheap than just one person taking it. Because that's, like, all, like, you know, nickel and diming it. And I would rather and just And I start to say it's less than 10 bucks, you know? Yeah, like, I'll just say, Come on. Yeah, Not, like... <laughs> Okay, there's twenty dollars on this card and seventeen thirty on this card. Like that's crazy, Doc. What? If Jack <laughs> has five nickels and awful. Bob has more times than him. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah. our our social stances on food. So wait, did you did you say which you do, Carla? I can't remember. Yeah, I said if I paid for it, I'm gonna take the last one without saying anything. Yoink. Yeah. I don't yeah. Otherwise I would sure leave it. it but... Otherwise I would leave it. <laughs> Seriously, I don't right. believe it. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, I think this might be the first time we all chose the same one, but Carla is being the rogue. Sorry. <laughs> and she won't even tell us which one she's doing. No, I'll take number three. I'll just take it anyway without saying anything. Right, that's good. You need to work on your dark side points. I need to work points. on my dark side points. <laughs> all okay. right. So I've chosen the dark side, and it says, ask Read anyone this? else yeah. once the last piece is the same as claiming it for yourself so you may as well just take the damn thing all's fair in love and appetizers <laughs> okay you can read all about the past sith or jedi test on our site at corellianrun.com keep score and see which way you lean <laughs> Uh, 
That sound means it's time for Community Buzz, where we take a look at what the fans are talking about. Okay, we have a fifth person that we're joining is joining us, I think, Jason Taylor, who has who writes our our guild checkpoint and Holonet links for our column. I mean, for our site regularly every week. Jason, welcome. Hello. Hey, good. You didn't fall asleep. You've been here. <laughs> no, I'm here. <laughs> Hooray. We just brought Jason on because he actually talked a little bit in a recent column about the well, the first topic that I want to talk about today, which is um, morality and gameplay. <clears throat> um, some of the things that we learned about from the from New York Comic Con, there were several that kind of had to do with light and dark scores and points and things like that. So. Um, I, one of the things that we, you, Jason and I talked about a little bit on Skype was the, the, the dark side corruption, uh, of appearance. And, um, so, well, let's just go around and see what people, if people like that idea or not. I, I, I do like it. I think it's a cool thing to be in the game. Um, uh, Jason, what do, what was your reaction when you heard that? Um, uh, well, at first I was. You know, I under I kind of understand it. I mean, if people are going to spend some time on their character creating it, if they get the dark side points, it starts going like if anybody's played the original KOTOR, you start getting the blue veins and your skin goes all white and you get the yellow like eyes. I can understand. Well, that's not the character I made. Mm-hmm. However, you made the choices to be dark side, Carla. And so you <laughs> should have the blue veins sticking out and the white pale skin. So more. <laughs> um, yeah, did you did you like the sound of that, Carla? Actually, I love the fact that there are appearance altering effects for answering the questions. I will definitely have that toggled on because contrary to popular belief, I'm not playing purely evil. You know, I'm going to let my character develop its own path and if it feels mad at the moment or evil at the moment let it answer evil if it feels good i'm gonna answer good i'm not gonna you know go down a solid light dark or neutral path so i'm okay with it altering my appearance yes it may eventually be that i'm some ugly little old sithy bad 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 boy but um i'm okay with that uh, what i don't like is that there are no light side appearance changes Right. And in fact, um, when we were talking to Stephen Reed, he agrees with you. He thinks that if there's a dark side uh, result, there should be some kind of light side. And, you know, nobody can really agree with that, what that was. But, you know, I'm sure that if they sat around, they'd be able to think of something. <laughs> yeah, we don't want halos over their head or something, no, you know, no. but I think that there should be some sort of choice. And I don't think you should have a toggle. I think that it should be part of the game. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. the... Uh... Just in, like, in culture and in the films and in, like, Shakespeare and everything, isn't it just that good people are physically attractive and bad people are hideous? Like, <laughs> that's sort of what this is. So it, it's like, uh, you know, you like, Han Solo's good. So you have, like, the square jaw and, like, flowing hair and stuff like that. And that's the, that's your only indication of morality. I don't, like, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems a little weird to me but that is the way the films work it's like kind of canon but who's to say that the evil has to take on a distorted or an ugly look why can't they turn beautiful 
Because it's all like Portrait of Dorian Gray. And yeah, like, but that's, that's not always the way it's going to be. I mean, because after all, I mean, if you're playing an Imperial agent, you're going to use your sexy little wiles to get information. And That's totally true. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Because it's the force that corrupts you. Exactly. And you yeah. weird. So, but it's just dark side points. That's what it yeah. said. Huh, the Imperial agent, though, isn't using the force. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> That's so, weird. I guess that is a little inconsistent. So, yeah, I'm assuming that everybody will be affected, not just the Force users. It just says I think dark the Force scores. users should be the only people who are affected. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I have to agree with Roxanne. Yeah. No, I think we'll all say. of them should be. No, no, Carla. <laughs> no, I think that they should. Because it's the force that makes you, it, it's kind of like in Fable, you know, if you're a magic user, you would get kind of like, you get the blue veins and stuff like that. And it's weird because was it strength and skill actually made you more attractive, but the magic was the only thing that made you less attractive. But it's tied to like an external force. It's not just because your morality. Well, <laughs> I'll go with your choice you if they take away the toggle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish. Finish your thought, Jason. Oh no, I, I was agreeing with Carla. I was like, sold. Okay, deal. Yeah. <laughs> Damien, do you plan to play evil or neutral or good? Do you know? I actually have the for like the first time ever. I actually came up with a little bit of a, an RP backstory, and mm -hmm. I'm going to be playing. Um, it's two of my two of my first four characters. I already have planned out. They're going to be the Sith Inquisitors, and one is going to be just completely reckless evil, and the other one's going to be. Like a neutral light, if not uh -huh. any, if anything, if anything more light than any than uh than neutral. But, so um, are you are you excited about the idea that your evil guy is gonna like look evil as he progresses? Oh, absolutely. And to be honest, they could uh, with the gear thing, like the light side, dark side uh, required gear. They could even make people look really nifty or, you know, really evil, depending mm -hmm. on the alignment as well. Right, right. Well, so let's think about the gear. So light side, dark side, we've heard that there's gear for, you know, that's going to be geared towards people depending on how evil or how good they are. Um, and I, you know, my, my, I, I like that idea a lot, I think. And, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. Is this the first MMO where, you know, you're, that kind of thing is in the game? Or I guess we don't have dark side, light side points in other MMOs. No. Well, there, I mean, UO had something similar, but all that affected mm -hmm. is you got different uh, titles. Like you were like the glorious lord or the infamous scoundrel and stuff Dread like that. Dread lord. Yeah, exactly. Right. Wouldn't it be right. similar to like um, some reputation with certain uh, factions in WoW where say, you could yeah. get hatred and stuff? Yeah. Well, since they tied gear to those different factions, yes, that that. but I would think that would be the only relevant comparison i don't think that we have anything that because you can make choices in wow good or bad and it really not affect anything mm -hmm. yeah well yeah. morality is just like faction but on a global scale um right which is why it's a little weird yeah, yeah i guess that's a good comparison actually like a faction rep kind of thing where it's and i think they have said before that you know this this gear, the dark light gear. It's just going to be a small fraction of the gear of all the gear that's available. So, um, 
so it's kind of there to kind of add, to add flavor to the game and to maybe you know but but it's not something where you, where you're going to say oh i have to go dark because i need this you know i need the, this helm it's the best helm in the game that kind of thing they don't right. they don't want that to be right. to be an issue uh, well um, kathy what about you what did what would you what do you think about this i I like it. I think it's cool. Um, I don't know how evil I can I can go, <laughs> so I don't know if I'll ever have to, you know. And I have to say that I'm a little bit vain, so I might not want to be that ugly. But and I look like the kind of person that always turns the helmet off because I want to see my hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know. In theory, I would be like, yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna take those purple veins. But I don't know. I might like eventually say, I, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm gonna go back to being pretty. So well, I might be weak. Can you <laughs> the turn end. the toggle back off, and will it let you go back to what you were, or are you stuck with the, your choices, and it stays that way even if you turn the toggle off? The way Zoller said it's going to be just like the helmet tog you can turn it on and off in your choices and settings but will it retain your diminished yeah. appearance yeah i think probably right yeah yeah it's going to based on your dark side point uh, so. okay well now that's awesome i now i like uh, you could keep the toggle and the reason why i say that <laughs> is because if you're really kind of playing bad it's back and, in the game. I took care of it. <laughs> Get right on that, Roxanne. Oh, thanks, Roxanne. Um, if you are playing really, really, really evil, and I'm t I'm stealing this from Moss Eisley Radio, by the way, because I heard y'all talking about it, and y'all uh, y'all made some very valid points that if you're fixing to do a flashpoint <laughs> with someone, and they look like this old hag, and you go, oh no, 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 no. We can't invite that person because we know what choices they're going to make. He's going to kill the captain. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so do you really think that people are going to base their socialization invites on someone's character looks or whatever? I don't know. I love that idea, though. That's, like, really exciting to me. I hope that it happens. I hope we get to see how that develops. That's you know totally, that will take, like, that's... a couple flashpoints, and then that's going to be noted on friend list. <laughs> Yeah, but you toggle it off because if you want to get a group, you just toggle it off. Go get your little group, and then in the middle of the group, you toggle it back on. I know that's right. <laughs> you get to the oh, captain, all of a sudden, you look oh. next to you. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> that is right not in, how you looked ten minutes ago. <laughs> right in the middle of the conversation before you make your choice. That's yeah. right. Yeah, That'll that teach you that pretty pretties. And. <laughs> We were bad. <laughs> uh oh, yeah. Did they even talk? I mean, when the, I, you know, I noticed that they said that this um, your lark, light and dark scores will not give you any new abilities. Did anybody really think that they would? Did they announce that they would at some point? And I missed that. They do in uh, in Kotor because yeah. like parts of the Force Tree are not accessible to you, like mind control and lightning and stuff, and healing is only for good. You know, it, it's uh, and if you think about it, it, it makes sense because it's that's based off the films as well. Like yeah. the the Jedi and the Sith use different powers. Well, they're saying that it will it will not give us new abilities in Tor, so we don't have yeah. to worry about. Well, that. I mean, I guess that doesn't. Yeah, now that because you choose a faction in your class it determines your abilities, so it doesn't 
makes sense when you think of it that way. But I, yeah, it always made sense to me just because, like, yeah, KOTOR, you know. <laughs> and right. And it's my only litmus test for Tor, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, does anybody else think that the, that you should have just different, different sets of abilities based on your morality? Uh, I think it'd be cool. It, I think, like, if it would tie, like, to, say, part of your talent tree, maybe, like, but, you know, that's going down a whole road, and I know how people are with talent trees, so I don't even want to open that can of worms. But um, I think, yeah, it could be kind of cool, maybe as in, like, in-game type of thing, if you go totally dark side or totally light. But then what do you do about the gray area? Mm-hmm. Right, which they said they're – which they have said in the past that they're, they were thinking about or working on neutral gear, but at this last at panel – I think it was James Olin who said yeah. the fo- the focus is actually going to be on the dark and the light and the neutrals kind of on hold for now. I yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how that would have worked in the first place, but well, but it yeah. would work like um, I think we explained this before by a piece of paper, so this might be hard to explain verbally. But if you think of that, you have your alignment is like um, it's like a it's like a five slot gap or something. But the alignment of the entire world from lightest to darkest is like twenty. So you can move your five slots of, like, yeah, of any along the line. So you can be the top five or the bottom five or like the middle. But if you move in either direction, you'll start to like lose out on those like bottom slots. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my god, sorry. That was like a really awful explanation. <laughs> I'm going to draw uh, the diagram and I will post it in the show notes. <laughs> That's point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I th- I'm sure that they're just trying to stay away from this idea that you have to that your story is going to be affected yeah, because you yeah. wanted super purple lightning and couldn't get it unless you were super evil. I know, that makes, that makes me, yeah, the thing they said in the QA that we already talked about a little bit where he was like, you show up for a group and they're like, I'm ready to run a dungeon. And they're like, you can't because you made like stupid story decisions. And you're yes. like, oh. Because <laughs> you're too good or you're too evil. You're not completely dark, so you can't be in our raid party. So. Yeah, I mean, that would suck because I, I really like the idea of the class content um, just being this kind of, you know, the really whole sort of Bioware single player experience and being able to kind of like, you know, do whatever you want and have that be like just your your game that you do. And the idea that stuff later on will like dictate that you can't play it the way you want like i'm glad that they're not tying um like abilities to those yeah. choices <laughs> all right so so we're kind of we're okay so as far as morality we we're okay on on a certain amount of of of, of uh of effect on the game but we don't want it to be too crazy like no no big abilities that and you're we gonna... want it fair light and dark <clears throat> yeah i think i it would be interesting to see. Right. But, um, all right, well, let's move on to, there was a little bit of news in the area of World of Warcraft this week. Um, and I, um, I know this is not a World of Warcraft podcast, but, um, it was so big that I said, oh my gosh, we have to talk about this. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, this week was BlizzCon, which was, is, you know, Blizzard makes World of Warcraft and they announced their expansion. And, um, their expansion is called Mists of Pandaria, and they had this little video. And when I saw it, I I could not. I like didn't think it was real. <laughs> Did you giggle? I thought it was 
so is is this real or is this like an early April Fool's joke or <laughs> what what is this? <laughs> I don't know. Early. Yeah, 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 it's really early. Uh, Damien, have you seen it? Yeah, actually, um, I heard from a bunch of people a while back that that was the uh, the rumored expansion, and a lot of people were talking about it, getting all sorts of excited. But uh, <laughs> somebody really? had, just the other day, I forget who it was uh, on Twitter. They actually said, uh, oh, "What what the heck was it?" They said they they said, "Okay, so we're going from saving the entire world from this fire breathing, earth shattering dragon to helping pandas make beer." So when does Sotor <laughs> come out again? <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I almost well, okay. So, so were people when people thought when the when the WoW community thought this was like something that could happen, were they all like, yeah, this is a great idea, or were they thinking it was not actually going to happen because it's too silly? Uh, there was a lot of people that were really hoping it was going to happen just because one of the pets from a while ago was the little Pandaren monk guy you get to follow you around and he does yeah. ninja oh, suits. I got that. I paid real money for that because it is. It's super cute. But oh, do yeah. I want it to be the basis of an entire expansion that I can play him? No. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I have this song of kung fu fighting in my head. <laughs> I I listened to uh, Roarcast last night, and they were at BlizzCon, um, mm-hmm. and they're a lot. They are big time WoW followers, and uh, I believe that. Um, what did Stompalina think about it? Uh, you, I, it was, of course, they're pretty explicit, so a lot of it I can't repeat. But, um, <laughs> well, yes, like, happening, like it, or, like it like or it not, yeah. <laughs> well, especially the quote semi pokemon thing they were not liking that at all um the pandas they kind of really a lot of them were hoping that the monk class would have been like a a new hero class because having to start from now level one and go all the way to the new level 90 uh, yeah they're like Mm-mm. I'm not so sure about that. So. Oh, they didn't make it a hero class to where you could start at like 55 or 60 oh. or something? The level 1 through 10, and then you decide whether you want to go Horde or Reliance, and then you still have to go all the way up to 90. Oh, Ouch. no, 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 no. Nay, nay. You have, to, you have to stare at the back of that panda butt for a really long time <laughs> <laughs> before you get to end game. Oh, my gosh. No wonder people are upset. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so Jason, what who, what did the person who went to BlizzCon, what did they say was the reaction? Well, I mean, they really thought, you know, it looked pretty cool. And th- the, a lot of them did like the tie-in of the 12-month subscription that they were, if you up your subscription to a 12-month on WoW, that you would get Diablo 3 for free, um, which I'm thinking if you do the math, 12 months. Um, you're going to pay more than you would actually pay for Diablo, but um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I kind of, so some of them, it was kind of mixed uh, emotions about it. I think some of them were like, yeah, we have an expansion, but I think a lot of them were saying it looks like, are they kind of making it a little more kid friendly so that if maybe in the future World of Warcraft goes to the free to play model, um, maybe it opens it up for a younger generation. So then Titan might be either now something for the adults to move on. So, 
Right. So, I, yeah, they're definitely going for the younger crowd, right? The the pandas and the and the Pokemon game is clearly. Although Roxanne, your reaction was like, "I like Pokemon." Yeah, Pokemon's the best. <laughs> Pokemon's yeah, awesome. They were, Pokemon they is totally for people in their twenties. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> yeah, they had some there saying, "Oh, hey, everybody around the table is like raising their hand, like, yeah, I play that too." Yeah. Right. Right. Um. Well, so. This is, yeah, I, I feel like, is is this what we want in in our society or in the gaming society to have younger and younger kids getting into MMOs? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, you know, I like I. It just doesn't seem that a great an idea to me as as a parent, and also as somebody you know who who just is playing the game i don't necessarily want eight-year-olds everywhere <laughs> you know i like eight-year-olds but I, I it just seems i'm not trying to be ageist it's just like you know and there's so many people there's like they don't even want people who are like lower than you know i don't want anyone below the age of 25 in my guild or whatever and uh i resemble that so it, yeah i feel like it's not it's just like weird i'm really confused by this expansion i don't know I guess that would make sense if, as you say, they're trying to, like, drum up support for when they go to free-to-play. But I don't, like, and someone who knows a lot more about marketing and this pay model can prove me wrong, but I don't know how much money you can make um, marketing to kids in, in an MMO space. Because, like, what are a lot of parents going to be willing to shell out, like, subscriptions and stuff? Or, well, I don't know. all their vanity pets have been selling like hotcakes so if they go to something like that for the pokemon battle thing each like six months they reel out you know 12 new pets yeah yeah but like i mean those are adults are buying them because adults have disposable income like i don't know i don't think they're yeah i don't think those pets like the sparkle ponies and the pandera and the, the little companion guy was were bought by kids i think those yeah no my dad bought like those <laughs> it's like no. yeah yeah he's People the worst he buys money, all of them because like kids don't have that much money so they ha- actually have to think about like with like well, well do i want a video game or do i want this video game they can't be like twenty dollars in a vanity pet which i which isn't actually good for anything i think that like adults are a lot more frivolous with the money that they have <laughs> i think that the microtransaction model only works on people with disposable income. But I could be wrong. I just made that up in my head right now. But we're not really talking about, you know, microtransactions at this particular point when we're talking about the expansion. If this expansion, by the way, I mean, for the record, I think uh, WoW was probably one of the best games I've ever played. And I admire Blizzard uh, for all the things that they've done for the gaming industry. I mean, how many of us were closet gamers for so long because, you know, we just didn't want to talk about gaming with our families or whatever. And now there's millions of people out there coming out of the closet and, and talking about gaming. With that said, I was very sad to see this particular expansion come out because it seemed so far-fetched. But I did not like the whole storyline of the Drenae when it came out because I didn't feel like it fit in the World of Warcraft environment or history or, you know, the whole genre. Yeah. 
Okay. I was going to say that too. I was going to make the comparison where like, so I think the pandas are weird, but I also thought the dry night being from space was strange. So I, like, it's, is it the I same? This, is, is it the, the same, same level of strange? Well, I don't know. <laughs> They're both, um, you know, from the Warcraft universe. So it's not like, you know, they're, they're lore centric. They came mm. from like lizard, right? It's not that they right. created it to cash in on Kung Fu Panda. No. Okay. So yeah. They, I know that the Pandaren predates Kung Fu Panda, and and but I'm sorry, without Kung Fu Panda, the movie, this this expansion does not get made in this form. It it's wouldn't have been nearly as popular. Yeah. Well, and looking at the trailer that they did, where all these uh, you know Pandarens are are doing these karate kicks and training and stuff, you cannot help but believe that that's what this is re- referencing to to draw in. Uh, a younger crowd referencing them. right i mean to draw in the younger crowd i mean this is a crowd of eight ten and twelve year olds and yes there are adults that are going to like it too i'm not saying that but i think that they're targeting a specific market i think that they've gotten some of the more mature gamers and i don't mean mature like age-wise i mean the ones that have been gaming for a while are getting tired of the game and moving on to other games, so they have to look at another, you know, age bracket. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I am not sure, I is, and I have nothing to back this up once again, <laughs> but, like, I feel like the only people, at this point, that WoW is, like, trying to retain their audience, or I don't know if kids who are 10 are going to want to play a game that's, like, 20 years old, you know? Aren't they going to want to play, like, new shiny games? I don't know if this is enough to make someone who's never played an MMO before or a kid be like, you should play this game. And they're going to be like, these graphics are ridiculously bad. Like, but that are you is what kidding I would say if I was, like, a kid. Everybody knows, wow. Everybody yeah. well, I mean, knows, wow. So they're well, cashing kids in. kids don't have that, like, nostalgia or that, like, that emotional attachment like you do, Carla, to wow, where it, like, you know, made you a gamer or something, and, like, you've been with it for a really long time, and you have all these memories, kids are just going to be like, there are all the games in the world, which game am I going to play? Probably not this one. Well, think about it for just a minute. Let's let's look at it in a different perspective. Let's say that you are the parent, and you have been playing WoW for several years or whatever, and you have children in your home. They've been brought up to know what WoW is and what games are, and maybe their parents, you know, didn't let them play, or maybe they did let them play, they would still be attracted to this type of game or expansion because of the whole Kung Fu Panda thing. And Mm -hmm. I think that even, I mean, because I've talked to, to, to some of the kids and little kids about playing games or this, that, and the other, you know, when I'm out and about, and... They talk about these things in school. You know, they talk, talk about, about playing games and what kind of games they're playing. Yeah. You know, whether it's Lego Universe or WoW or whatever, they talk about all this stuff. So if one's playing it, the others want to play it. And if they cash in on the fact that it, it has Kung Fu Panda references, and because that's that type of age group, I think they're targeting a younger market. Yeah, that really is the only thing that, and that makes 
it makes sense. I mean, if that is what they're doing, that then they've done exactly the right thing. <laughs> um, if that's their game plan, um, just to try to bring in a different audience because the because you know the people who've been playing it for so long are ready for something new anyway. Um, then yeah. What did you? Yeah, the graphics. It was really interesting. I've never really had a problem with WoW graphics, but I thought. The, watching that trailer it was like one of the first times i thought yeah, yeah this is not looking so good to me <laughs> suddenly um i don't know what did you guys think i thought the their animation system whatever they're doing now is really good actually mm -hmm. so like all the facial animation that were on right, the pandarians i was good. like wow that's like that's pretty amazing but i know wow just like you know it's a really it's old, old game <laughs> like, I yeah know. I know. So, yeah, it's looking a little run down. Do we know if this is the last expansion? I was yeah. told no. And Ooh. because I presented this um on our on the OTG forums, I was saying, is this what they're calling their last expansion? And I was quickly told, "Oh, no, 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 no. They're already talking about having another expansion that's going to release, I think they said the the end of 2012 or early 2013 or something and i'm going really because i had read something somewhere several months ago we were looking at that and uh, i we saw a timeline or something and it showed that there was only going to be one more expansion before titan came out or whatever that was the the news that i remember hearing a right. while back but i so I really but, don't know what the answer to that is now because I thought it was and and I was told I was wrong. So I don't know. Like <laughs> some random OTG. -er. No, it was several of them. Several of oh, them. Okay. So I mean, somebody's read something somewhere. Well, I now guess. Now are they counting four point three as one, and then Pandera know. as another one? I don't know. <laughs> you have just. Existed. I guess it'll <laughs> remain a mystery. A mystery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh well okay so all you ex wow players did so i guess the the consensus is this did not make you want to like resub nah, curious but not enough to uh buy back into it right didn't even make me curious <laughs> yeah it's really cute i just couldn't get away from feeling like this is this is like one of those things where someone who is drunk says oh my god we should be able to play martial arts panda and then all the other drunk people in the group yeah totally <laughs> and then they are brewmasters yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know it seems really awesome and like a funny great idea and then it like comes out for real and you know you're like wait did i really want this <laughs> so i don't know it's just uh, it's just amusing and a lot of people a lot of people wait i'm really interested to hear what like the general community reaction is from from the people who are still playing WoW and are still really yeah. Dead. I mean, I was looking at, I think Felicia Day like posted this video and all on her Facebook page or whatever, and all the comments on that thread were like super positive. Yeah, everyone right. was really excited. Really, so, yeah. and and Jason, you said that Stompalina, the the whole Roarcast well, crew was pretty negative about it. Well, I think they they were they're positive and thought it would look good, but I think a lot of them. They weren't as sold, especially on the new pet battle thing. That did not float their boat at all. Um, and I think a lot of them were really hoping for another hero class instead of having to go 1 to 90. And I, that, to me, I think if it would have been a hero class, maybe that would have think I would have been like, hmm, okay, maybe I'll try that. But, right. Wow. So for those who don't know, the the pet battle thing, I mean, it literally is like Pokemon, isn't it? 
the way it's going to work? The combat pets? Yeah. How's it, it work? I think because yeah. they talk about, like, you have to capture them. <laughs> you have to train them. I mean, it sounds like the theme song from Pokemon. <laughs> and then you have yeah. to make them fight other pets or something to train yeah. or something. Are there, yeah. like, types and certain types are stronger against other types and things? Yeah. Probably. Let's see. The pet battle system. Here it is. PvE and PvP battles. It will be turn-based. Simple combat system. Fight with a team of three pets and a queuing system. You'll be able to find a fight pretty fast depending on the level of your pets. So, That's awesome. And you will be also to level up <laughs> these pets and sell them on the auction house. So, so, so I'm going to play Mr. Pandaria. <laughs> I was going to say, Roxanne's really So excited. you're going to you go into a PvP battle where only your pets fight? Yeah, there and PVE. You basically you have a team of three pets, and you use those, and it's a turn-based. And there's even been talk that they might make an app to do part of it. So that makes I don't me know. Giggle. They were talking about that on Roarcast. So I don't know. But you will be able to. You could level up your pets, and then turn around and sell them, and make a bunch of gold. So. Yeah, like, Roxanne, you've like you sound more excited about that than you've talked. I'm you not actually. Cool yeah, I'm not actually gonna play it because I have like, you know, they come out with the actual Pokemon game every like ten months. I feel like so like, I could play real Pokemon and not have to pay a subscription fee for it. Uh, all right. Well, any last oh, thoughts yeah. on the the WoW expansion? Are you gonna I'm play, Kathy? Six, six six to eight months into it, if they offer me the whole fourteen day free trial, come back to it. I, I might ponder it and go ahead and jump in for a quick uh, curiosity. Quincy. Yeah, I would do it for free, definitely, because I like pandas. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing. Where like, it, and I was talking before, it's hard for me to criticize Blizzard and be like, oh, they've totally destroyed the series because mm -hmm. they, no one's been doing this longer than they have with more success than they have. So I feel like they know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and if it, it this could be good uh we don't know i guess the the concept of it is a little jarring but if they totally screw this up it will be the first time and really surprising <laughs> but even if it's a, a descent for blizzard it's going to be a long slow descent for all those subscribers oh yeah I mean, yeah. it's been around for so long, and I mean, like Roxanne said, I mean, they've been doing it for so long and have had and brought so many people to the MMO community. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, why don't we just move on to our uh, thanks and that kind of thing. I want to thank you. Thank Jason for joining us at the last minute. We appreciate oh, you. Thank you. Yeah. Why don't you um, tell us some of your contact info and where we can find you on the site? Oh, um you can find me my email, Jason at com, And also you can follow me at Twitter at JT underscore Holonet, H-O-L-O-N-E-T. And um, my columns, I write um, Guild Checkpoint uh, every Monday and Thursdays. I write the Holonet links page. And you can check those out every Monday and Thursday. And then also if you've missed any, um, you can go under our breaking news and look under media and you can go down the list and look for guild checkpoints and also the whole net links and catch up. It's actually under our CRR columns tab. We moved around a little we bit. We moved so you a little bit. Oh, you <laughs> so moved me around. Hey, we moved you. Teach you to go on vacation. 
Um, so yes, if you have a guild that you would like to be spotlighted by Jason, then go ahead and shoot him an email um, and or us an email, and you know we'd be happy to to let the community know a little bit more about your guild. Um, Damien first slash Vertech, where can people get in touch with you? All right. Uh, first off, uh, Vertech is spelled V-I-R-T-E-K, and you can reach me at Vertech at Torasyndicate.com. Also, Twitter is at Vertech underscore D-M-A. That's V-I-R-T-E-K underscore D-M-A. Um, that's pretty much my main points of contact. I do the Google Plus thing, but not quite as much. And that's just uh, Vertech dot D-M-A. Okay, good. Um, we also want to hit some iTunes reviews. We... This is embarrassing, but we just this week learned how to figure out where the reviews for other countries are. So we found a very few that we want to give a little shout out to. From Welcome like, to the internet, them. us. There must be a way. How do I do it? Um, <laughs> from Canada, there is a Brisen, Brisen Mundane. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce this name, but thank you for writing us a, a nice little review from the UK, Azure Bonds. And finally, from Germany, Von Tom83. Uh, we really appreciate. I'm sorry that you feel, if you feel we have ignored you for the last year. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, yeah, we really, we will now check those a little more regularly. So if anybody from anywhere aside from the US wants to leave us a review, we will definitely be looking at those and we appreciate it because it helps us. Um, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Zoom. Carla. All right. Well, you can contact us through our website at CorellianRun.com. We also have Twitter and Facebook. We have buttons on the upper right-hand corner of our main website. Leave us your questions or ideas for discussion topics on our forums, on Twitter, or by voicemail. Our voicemail message number is 281-766-4511. Okay, that wraps it up for us here at Corellian Run Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I'm Carla. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Kathy. May the Force be with you. And may we never see playable Ewoks in Tor. You have been listening to Corellian Run Radio, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast. Tune in next time to hear Stephen Reed say... So, so you may have heard that we did announce the release date a few weeks ago in London. I lived in London for 10 years, and in case you haven't guessed, I am English. Um, <laughs> but I'll be honest... The truth was, there was at one point we were going to announce it here today at NYCC, um, and it didn't happen. And I love my English countrymen, but let's be honest, we're not really known for like wild applause and enthusiasm and excitement. <laughs> so when we did announce the release date, the reaction was pretty much, as I was in the room, was kind of like a polite golf clap. You know? so, <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> so what we did was we went away and we did a new game trailer. Because at the end of this game trailer, I want you to pretend that you've never heard the release date before. <laughs> then give me that reaction. Alright? And we're going to videotape it so we can play it to people in the office and they'll be very happy because they were sad when they got. Oh, very good. <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah. Transition.